Hi, this is David Thompson, and I'm here to talk with the Enrons about your new favorite song, Original Sin. To me, there was no past, only now and again. How long could this last? Five years, maybe ten. Hello and welcome to Your New Favourite Song, a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Dennis and I will be your host. Today I'm speaking to David Thompson about his song, Original Sin, which is a dark indictment of the true nature of original sin, and it's not what you'd expect. Hello, David. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for thank you for joining me today. And um, maybe before we start off on the song, you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your influences. Yeah, sure. Um, so I I'm actually not a musician by trade. Um, I'm I'm a lawyer, or I don't know if uh, you know if you're in Canada or Great Britain, you might understand it to be a, a barrister or some other term. But oh, okay. I practice law, um, and uh, so music, uh, music is kind of a secondary interest of mine. Um, my, my influences, uh, I, I really like, uh, Leonard Cohen. I like Nick Cave. I like Pink Floyd. Um, one of the things I guess that I work towards is that I, I like to develop thematic, uh, my, the thematic contents of my songs. I, I have an emphasis on, on poetry, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, uh, like Mr. Cohen has said about himself. He has a very slow process. Uh, for how he puts songs together, and he, he thinks very carefully about them. Um, he's obviously much better at it than I am, and I wouldn't compare myself to him. But he's something of uh, of of a of an of an example for me in terms of how to how to put things together, um, and why you even sit down to write in the first. Place. So why do you sit down to write in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, <laughs> and I I frequently it, it, it's I I ask that question myself of whoever it is that I'm listening to I. You know, and and if I'm going to sit down and write, uh, usually it's going to be because there's some larger uh, thing that's bothering me. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, the I, the idea that there's something maybe that's not very obvious, um, something that you can maybe shed some light on that people haven't thought about before, or maybe they haven't thought as deeply about before. Um, so I, it seems to me one of the great things that happened back in the 60s where I draw a lot of my influences is things seem to have uh, a a great concentration on girls and cars thematics and it was all very ephemeral and fun Um, and then you have this revolution with Bob Dylan and the Beatles and suddenly there's more in the way of art and there's people that are thinking about the contents of their music they're thinking about uh, these larger themes in the world around them didn't you have things I mean you know yeah, uh, American scene, but uh, Woody Guthrie and people like that. This this machine kills fascists. You know, that's like the forties, thirties. So that was all going on. The very early blues roots, country roots, was all very much themes, larger themes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and you can even go back deeper than that. You can go to Robert Johnson. You yeah, know, back uh, in the thirties, yeah, and, yeah. and Charlie Patton talking about, um, you know, the you know, uh, you know, when the levee breaks. For example, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a, a song that's been copied many times. I mean, 
these were people with very big issues on their mind and music was their way of confronting those issues and teaching other people about those issues and you yeah. can hear in their voices you can hear in the recordings this is not the product of um you know uh, of of light ephemeral thinking this is the product of deep experiences and deep reflection on those experiences and and now i, I would not obviously count myself among them but uh going back to your earlier question influences there's got to be a reason you sit down to write and so i i typically try to identify things such as the song that you're featuring uh things things that bother me that maybe no one has said or thought about uh, before so and um so you're saying deep influences and, and, and thinking deeply but are there specific things in your own experience that have influenced you to write this song sure i obviously this song has uh at least on the on the surface the idea here is uh is religion um mm. and this is something i i myself i grew up in a religious household and uh it's something that i've i've obviously had a, a lifetime um at least my own lifetime anyway to think about and my goal with this song and in my music generally the stuff that i write is not really it may seem at first blush to, to be an attempt to shake other people's faith but actually it's not religion as such that that's in the crosshairs here it's uh more the question of inherited views if you mm -hmm. will things that you take from others and you don't really think about for yourself at all um you know, for those people who who come to religious faith or religious sentiment and it's something that they invest in personally and they have an understanding of it they've thought deeply about it you know the idea for example that Fyodor Dostoevsky mm -hmm. uh, was not a religious person or Leo Tolstoy certainly they were these were these were some of the great writers uh who drew much of their their life and work from uh from religious faith and my goal would not to be uh to shake people my my goal would be to take those those people who maybe are struggling with the fact that the things that they hold deeply are inherited they they were kind of given to them in a package and they're only just now unpackaging what it is that they were given and they're going to try to sort it out for themselves um that that is where my work would come in um to suggest that you know you don't have to just you don't have to just take what people give you yeah. in, in these packages you can you can take it apart so. and uh, you know I, I think sometimes that the United States is an actually deeply fundamental uh, religious culture. Uh, there are, you know, we talked about Islam, but I mean, the, the Christian, the Christian faith in the United States is very, very deeply fundamental in some parts of it. Uh, yeah. So, how do you think that your music uh, reflects that? Or this uh, song, I, sure, I, I, I do think it's a, it's a reflection of that, as, as you indicate. Um, you know. Religion plays a very large role in this country. One of our one of our major uh, political parties has has. I, I would argue that both have religion in them, but one of them is a little bit more explicit mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit louder than the other about it. Um, and I I think that sometimes those religious sentiments are are kind of they are they are things that people feel they can tap into. Uh, that they know their, you know, their their constituency or their audience hasn't really thought about. This is just a simple thing that you can say and get a big reaction. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
whereas people who have thought carefully about their religious faith, um, you know, they they will they will have a very very different reaction than those who who haven't, those who have just inherited. So, yeah, and you say those who have thought about their religious faith. Are you personally religious? Uh, I'm not. I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. I I think that um, I, I I would never call my well never is maybe not the right word, but I don't currently call myself uh, atheist or religious. I, what I, what I, what I, what I find is that both sides of that coin uh, are in a position that I find untenable, which is they both find themselves in some absolute certainty. One yeah. side is absolutely certain that there is a God. The other one is absolutely certain that there's not. Whereas I kind of take the position of, I, I'm really not sure of anything. And I, could be persuaded or I could experience something on any given day that might push me in either direction. Yeah, and have you had any experiences which would push you, let's say, towards a more spiritual direction? Absolutely. I think I, just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I would, I would say that I am spiritual uh, mm-hmm. and I've had many, I've had many experiences that, that, that convinced me that there is something, something greater um, that exists. Now the the contours of it, the principles of it, uh, the, the 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 requirement of piety, for example, I'm not mm-hmm. sure about any of. Them. Um, I I don't know what it looks like, but I and and I can't say that it's there, but I suspect that there there may be something. And I the idea that being spiritual means you're religious that's another uh, proposition, I guess, that I would reject out of hand entirely possible yeah. to be one without the other. I also think there are three things. Eh? There's, there's religion, there's God, and there's spiritual, spirituality. And I believe in religion because I know it exists. I, I don't believe in God because I don't know it exists. And I, I believe in spirituality because I know that I have had experiences myself and I know that it exists. But, so there are three different things, and I think people kind of tend to confuse those three or, or, or put them all in one, in one lump. Um, and that's why I was really curious about this song that, really, that, that ignited me. It this actually the line, original sin. It's just, I, I was born a Catholic. Uh, I was brought up a Catholic, born a Catholic. No, I wasn't born a Catholic. I was baptized a Catholic, but I was born into a Catholic family. I always, that's the thing for me that, that started my journey away from religion, was this idea of original sin. You know, you're born already a sinner. And you have to be baptized to be saved. And I think that's just, you know, it's just not fair. Uh, you know, I was about 10 at the time. But even as you carry on and think about it, it's actually a way to kind of grab you into religion. Into all yeah, yeah. religion. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I, I have the exact same problem. And I think you've articula- uh, articulated it really, really well. It's this question of, you know, coming into a situation. You didn't ask to even be here in the first place. So life is yeah. something that you didn't choose in the first place. And then this idea that not only do you have life, which you didn't choose, but you are inherently corrupted or polluted or stained yeah. from the very beginning, from the, from the inception. Um, it's, it's a proposition, I, A, I, I don't find any evidence to support it. B, I'm not so sure that this is really a healthy thing to be teaching, uh, especially children. Um, yeah, I, I find that to be very troublesome. Of, of course, if you were to tell these things to an adult who'd never heard it before, they wouldn't believe it. 
um, it's only a malleable mind that will be receptive to it. And to me, that's also very, very troubling. Um, and doesn't it say something about the purported creator? If the creator <laughs> creates something that is inherently flawed. Which uh, apparently you should not be able to do because we're created in his image, if you believe that. So right. there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of um, contradictions. Uh, we, we're created in his image. Uh, he loves us. Uh, but then we're all created evil or with original sin, which is inherited from Adam and Eve. Correct. And that's, and that's another, and I mean, let's face it, that there are many, many contradictions in whatever religion it is that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to look at. It's rife with contradictions. It's also rife with um, uh, vagaries. There, are, there mm-hmm. are undefined terms. There are imprecise concepts. And they are so broad and they are so undefined and ambiguous that they essentially allow the user to, to choose whatever, whatever reading you want. Yeah. And not to say that human creativity is a, is a bad thing. Uh, it's not. It's, it's a wonderful thing. But giving that kind of power to somebody that they can, that they can use such a broad and ambiguous text to, to justify anything, any goal, or any means, uh, to me is a uh, going back to what I said earlier about absolute certainty. Um, the people that really are willing to do bad things are sometimes the same people who are absolutely certain in the righteousness of their cause. Yeah, and I find that to be very, very troubling. So, how does that come into the song? Because the song is called Original Sin, and the, the line is, um, if, uh, what's it? if God have original sin, then God, now if there was original sin, then God was having a song. How could we think that we're the only ones? If there's original sin, then God's was having a son. Really curious line. What do you mean by that? Sure. Well, the, so the very first thing to notice is that it's constructed as an if-then proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. Uh, you don't have to accept the the conditional aspect of that sentence. You can reject it. And yeah. if you reject the if, you don't even have to get to the to the then part of the sentence. Um, so, but if we are going to accept for a moment that this is a thing that exists and it's real, we are we do we do live in this condition of original sin. Um, it's entirely appropriate for us to to submit that condition to examination, put it under the microscope, and say, you know, mm-hmm. why is this and where did it come from? Um, you know, and while I I do find that this so moving from the if part of that sentence to the then part of the sentence. Um, if assuming that you say, yes, there is original sin, well, then you get to the second part and, and God's was having a son. You know, w- one of the great Im- impressive moral figures, uh, in my opinion is, is, is Christ, the human being, the historical figure. I think a lot of the stuff that, that he says, and a lot of the, the stuff that you get from the new Testament is actually quite impressive. And I do think it, 
a roadmap for how many of us can live our lives and empathize with others. He's a very impressive figure. And that moral code, there is something in there that I think we can all attach to. And I, I myself, I personally believe that it, it is a very, very good and useful moral code. Um, but as we've already identified, you know, the, the creator has created something that is inherently flawed. So there's that problem. Mm -hmm. Further, uh, the, the creator has, has then given a part of himself, given birth to something immaculately, apparently, um, if we're to believe it. Uh, there, is this, uh, there is this immaculate uh, birth. Conception. Yes, this, there's, this, there's this thing that comes into being yeah. um, that is both God and man. So you have essentially one being that's participating in both worlds the sacred world and the profane world, the divine and, and the world and the human world. Mm -hmm. So whatever we, whatever it is that we're stained with this, this new being, this new individual is also stained. Going to be stained. Right. Um, and again, this is all at the, I guess the design, the, the, the intention of the creator. And doesn't that again, say something about, um, about that creator. And if, and if original, I mean, or if you think about the word original, we're looking to the origin of a thing. Mm. Well, if the, if the creator itself is flawed, then it and, and gives and 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 then creates something that is also flawed. It's hard hard for me to accept that we are the one that the origin is really with us. The origin in this case would have to be with the creator. Yes, um, and so. You know, it's, I guess what I've tried to do is I've tried to take the words apart and try to mm -hmm. process them through a very, very different machine than religious faith. Religious faith, there's a lot of acceptance. Um, that's, I think, the whole idea of belief is that you're, you are kind of setting aside your reasoning and your logic in favor of this other alternative. Um, and I will admit out, out, you know, out, kind of at the outset, that, that that's what I'm that's not what I'm doing I'm employing a completely different mode I'm taking these words apart and I am processing them through a logical framework um, yeah. and when you do that I think at least as the best that I've been able to do it and as this song is kind of a, a, a manifestation of that when you do that this story doesn't really add up yeah we can't be the origin of this and therefore to say that we're the ones with original sin. We may be born into sin if you accept, again, if you accept this whole proposition, we may be born into it, but it's certainly the origins are not. With yeah, and what I like about what you've just said is that it doesn't take away from your experience of God or spirituality. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, um, even Jesus said, you know, you have to accept faith to Thomas, uh, to Thomas the, the doubter. Uh, there are people who will not see the evidence, so you have to have faith and believe what you haven't seen. Um, but you also can use your own logic and your, and your uh, knowledge and science to analyze the experience of God or experience of spirituality, and they are not mutually exclusive. It doesn't mean you don't have to believe in God just because you are logical or you're looking at things. Like you said, you place your origin of sin back to God. 
which of course is logical, and it doesn't deny the existence of God at all. Correct. And nor does it deny the the, the existence of sin, if you yeah. if you accept that as a proposition. Um, th- those those two things are absolutely compatible. And going back to the question of the creator versus the product or the or the creation, um, you know, the creator cr- created us, and among those things in our tool set are things like logic and reason. Um, we are able, as, as human beings, we have the capacity to analyze things, to take them apart, to see trends, to, uh, you know, to, to basically engage in a scientific process where there's experiment, there's mm-hmm. results, there's reproducibility, there's falsifiability. Yeah. And one of the things that I have come to find kind of unacceptable, at least for me, is all the non-falsifiable propositions you just have to kind of accept um, if you are, you know, if, if you are going to lead what is kind of traditionally or uh, typically understood to be a religious life. I mean, these are things that you can't submit to scientific experiment. You can't reproduce results. Other yeah. third parties can't come in and look at it and get the same result. It's non-falsifiable. You either believe it or you don't without evidence. Well, we've gone quite deep down the rabbit hole there. It was a really, really a topic that is quite close to my heart, which I think is why I like this song very much. But what I'd like to move on is a little bit more towards how you made the song, because you're not a professional musician. So how did you go about recording the song and getting it out there? It's quite an interesting process. Sure. Uh, well, uh, so it all starts with an acoustic guitar. Um, I'm blessed to own, well, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of the guitar because I, I don't want to promote anything, but um, I'm, I'm, I have you my can, acoustic guitar. You can say the name of the guitar other people have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not big on promoting things if I, if I don't have to. Um, but anyway, uh, so, I, I, uh, so I start with the, the acoustic guitar and and actually, I should I should kind of go back even further. What I do is I, I start with the idea. Um, mm-hmm. It popped in my head one day that line. It all started with the, the what is I guess you could call it the chorus. Yeah. Um, if there's original sin, then then God's was having a son. It starts there, and there's something about that that's bothering. And now it's my job to what figure out why did this pop into my brain? What what is going on here? Does it have does it have any legs on it? Is there something else to, to develop here? So it, the first step is to explore the, the, the concept of it and try if, if it does in fact have some, some concrete meaning for me, the next step is to try to get the words out to try to explain why. Um, so that's the lyric writing and the poetry. Yeah. Then... I sit down with the acoustic guitar, and of course, it's always a question of well, you need you need short enough uh, progressions and phrases that will fit what you're doing with the words, so that the timing works out. Um, and then once you have the the guitar sections laid down, and you know where the the verses and the chorus are going to go, and you then you have to allow enough space for other things. There's some piano sections in there. There's a lead guitar piece in there. Um, not a lot. I mean, it's Pretty stripped down track. I think mm. most listeners who have heard it would agree. 
Um, and then from there, once you have the all of those basic elements, it's just it's trying to figure out, okay, is there any other, uh, what I like to think of as like color yeah. put into it. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're, we're blessed these days with technologies. Um, I have a MIDI controller. I've got software that enables me to come up with any number of sounds just through the MIDI controller. And then, you know, uh, you know, put those sounds in where I see fit, you know, at, and have you got an example of a sound that you put in? Just yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, it, there are there are certain string sections. There's uh, there are certain synthesizers mm -hmm. um, that are that are put into it just to give it more atmosphere. Um, it, it I, I as again going back to my my influences as a, as a big Pink Floyd fan, for example. I'm I'm a big fan of atmospheric production. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea that while some of some of the music and i'm not a very talented musician but i like the idea that despite that you can still create something of a, a world and an atmosphere that hopefully maps on to the overall theme and the lyric that you've you know that you've written so and one thing i, I was just thinking of when you're writing the song uh, you write the, you start from your lyrics you start from your text do you write the text kind of with a rhyme or, or, or a meter in your head while you're writing? Typically, no. Typically, there is a the very first kind of phase of the process for me is I, I want to get everything down that's right. Every, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter. It can be kind of beatnik, stream of consciousness. Just get it all down on the paper. And then later on, I'll come back and I'll understand, okay, well, here's the guitar riff that I have for it. And here's the time and the, the tempo so these phrases need to be shorter, and then you kind of have to employ some craftsmanship to mm -hmm. get to get the lyrics to fit into the tempo and the timing of of the of the comp of the musical composition. Okay, right. So you're not yeah, okay. Yeah, sometimes it happens like that for me as well. It's like you have a piece of music, and then you've got to fit the words to it. And sometimes if I'm starting from the words, I'm already kind of forming it in my mind. How it's sure. going to sound, but uh, I also do this stream of consciousness stuff, and then just pick out the best sentences. And uh... <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So um, you or you recorded all this yourself? You played all the instruments yourself? Yeah, it's, this is all done just on a on a laptop computer. And and then you and the mixing and the mastering you've also done, or have you done mastering somewhere else? No, it's all, it's all me. Um, and, you know, a number of people have pointed out to me that, um, you know, there are, there are other ways, other directions you could have taken this song, whether, mm. you know, whether on, whether different compressors you could have used or, or whatever the case may have been. Um, you know, but to my, to my kind of primitive, uh, tastes and abilities, this, this, what the final product that you hear is what made sense. Uh, and then was that did that match with your original idea, or do you think oh, I could have done it differently, or would have rather? Have... Uh, no, I, it matches exactly. I, I actually, I think it was it ended up better, really, than I than I thought it could be at first. Um, you know, my sometimes I think it, it depends. Sometimes I naturally go very minimal with the arrangements mm -hmm. and with the instrumentation, and then other times. I kind of go overboard with it and it gets very, very cluttered. 
And this time was more like the former where I, I knew it was going to be kind of minimal instrumentation wise, uh, arrangement wise. And if anything, I, I added just a little bit of what I, again, what I call kind of the atmospheric stuff, the color mm-hmm. stuff into it. Um, but no, it matched pretty much a- as well or better than I, than I thought it would in the, in the, in the first instance. So you're really happy with it? Yeah, I am. I'm very yeah. happy with it, and I've gotten a great response from it. And it's you know it's enabled me the privilege of of talking with you this afternoon, which is just I've never you know I've never done anything like this before, and it's really really neat and exciting. So yeah, it's taken me places I did not know I could go. Well, and and you know, are you going to be carrying some very nice link to the next section, which is you know where are you going to go from here? What's next? Sure. Uh, well, I. I have an entire backlog of stuff that I've recorded. Some of it is really, really old, you know, going back to 2011, which I guess really, really old may or may not be appropriate to describe 2011. For me, it seems very, very old, but, um, but I'm always thinking things uh, to write down. I'm always uh, coming up with a new riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've probably got four or five things I'm looking at right now. Uh, lately, I've been thinking a lot about King Crimson. And, um, you know, their penchant for these very extended compositions that oftentimes don't have any lyrics. It's just mm-hmm. instrumentation and any, any King Crimson or progressive rock band, it, there's a shorthand, you'll know what I'm talking about. But for those who don't, it, you know, progressive rock is, uh, is essentially an abandonment of any kind of formula or at least conventional formulae that we're familiar with, um, and so lately I've been thinking if, you know, if I could just release maybe 30 minutes, there'll be shorter songs with four or five songs, but just these, um, these, these kind of, uh, lyric, no, no lyric, just instrumentals. That like have, a soundscape. Yeah, kind of. Um, and they can have softer sections and they can have more aggressive sections. I, you know, any King Crimson listener will know there's yeah. a little bit of everything with them. And so I've kind of been thinking about something like that. Oh, okay, and do you also perform live anywhere? Um, I I do just go to local coffee houses in in my town uh, when they have open mic nights. I I have been known to stop by on occasion uh-huh. and just play small acoustic sets. You know, like fifteen minutes. And of course, you know, nowadays with the pandemic, that you know, I don't yeah. know that anyone's really touring or doing any open mic. But but uh, so. That's not going to be happening for a while, I don't think. We, yeah, I suspect not, but you know, you never know. I my understanding is that uh, comedians have kind of figured out a way to you know to kind of carry on the best they can, whether yeah. it's parking lot shows or rooftop shows or you know doing a show on a farm or something like that. So maybe you know maybe musicians will kind of come to a similar type of thing. Yeah, I think if you're a big, you know, uh, a big name, then you could probably do something. You know, it's like live streaming. If uh, I don't know, do a Leapa or something like that, or Ed Sheeran does a live stream, then they're guaranteed to get a couple of hundred thousand people watching. But sure. you know, if you're already a struggling musician, then nobody's nobody's coming to watch your live stream, or maybe one or two friends. But yeah, well, and that's actually one one reason why I I have to say I um I'm not I, I'm not really good at at, at at promotion, generally speaking, but one thing I noticed about you and what you're doing, your work, I think, is just very, very important. And 
more so not for people like me, but for, for people who really are trying to make a go. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, they're trying to make a, make a living out of it. And I just, I think your work is so important to give them that opportunity um, to get exposure. And I, I just want to say thank you for doing the work that you're doing in that respect. Well, it, it's not work. It's, I quite enjoy it. It's, uh, I get to meet and speak to a lot of very interesting and, and diverse people. So it's, for me, it's a real pleasure. Um, so, I mean, only remains for me, I think, to say is, is, is where can we find you on the internet? If we're going to promote yourself, this is your moment to uh, plug yourself. Sure. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. Um, I, I'll, I'm pretty simple. I just have a Facebook website, DWT uh, Music, like my, my initials and then music. Uh, that's pretty much where I, where I, anything that I'm doing in, in, the, in the way of music, whether it's my own work or if, I, if I've heard somebody else's work that I really like, I will, you know, I'll, I'll put together a review um, and try to promote uh, stuff that I hear from other independent artists who, who really, I mean, there's, as you probably know better than myself and in the journey that you've taken with this, there are so many fantastic independent artists out there. People I have no business even occupying the same room as them in terms of what they, what they've accomplished and their creativity. And so uh, whether it's my own stuff or whether it's just to, you know, um, get an idea. I mean, if you share my musical taste, if you're a Nick Cave fan, if you're a Leonard Cohen fan, if you're a Pink Floyd fan, um, it's not improbable that, you will, may, maybe it's not my stuff, but maybe I will have attached to uh, another independent artist with whom you also will, will be able to form an attachment. So, DWT Music on Facebook. DWT Music. And now talking about other indie artists to attach to, who would you tell us that we've got to be attached to in the next, in this, who is your shout out? Um, do, I, do I only get one? You can have as many as you like. Okay. Um, I, there, are, there, are three, there are three that have really stood out to me, and, and I'm going to list them not in any sort of rank order. In fact, I'll deliberately shuffle them in my own head. Um, you know, uh, so there are these gentlemen out in Toronto. Their name is called Find the Red Sparrow. They have a song called The Low. And uh, I heard that song, and again, going back to my, my interest in progressive rock, I don't know that their intention was to create something that was post or progressive rock but it sounds that way to me it's a lovely piece called below um another gentleman his name he goes under the name candy cigarette um his his work is is just exquisite i don't know how he's doing what he's doing um his stuff is some of it feels progressive some of it feels like modern pop some of it are just these musical interludes and he kind of throws everything together, but he has great command of his, uh, of his creativity. So it doesn't ramble on and on kind of like I sometimes have a tendency to do. And I apologize. Um, and then the, the third I'll mention are these gentlemen from South Africa, their names, high water bridge. They have a recent release. It's a full LP, um, really, really good work. Uh, I hope I'm not getting the, the pronunciation wrong, but one of their tracks is called Andrama Duncan. I think I'm saying that correctly, but I apologize to those fine gentlemen if I'm not. Um, that was the song that kind of captured me, and then I, I invested uh, more time into the rest of their, their LP, and it's really, really good, and I've had the chance to, to kind of chat and uh, exchange notes with, uh, with their guitarist. Mm -hmm. And 
go out and support independent artists. It, 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 there's, a, there's a world of music out yeah, there. Yeah, there definitely is. Uh, I, what I will do is I'll put your links to your pages, and I will also put links to these three artists also in the show notes. So once you've listened to the podcast, you can go and listen to some more great music. Um, so that was it for today. And just remains for me to say thank you very much, David, for a very uh, stimulating conversation. Well, thank you. And, and thank you again also just generally for the work you're doing. This is really great work. Okay. Thanks very much. The last thread is frayed. How could they think? We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favourite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, the Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button, and also we are now dropping our episodes on Monday rather than a Saturday, so... Keep on subscribing and you'll get the episodes on the right day. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then you can either buy us a coffee or become a regular patron. See the show notes for details. If you're not in the financial position to do that, then you can also help out by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. That really helps with increasing visibility for us and the artists on the show and will benefit us much more than it will be a pain for you. Next week, I'll be talking to the 14-year-old Australian DJ Helmet Boy about his collaboration with 13-year-old American rapper Young Marcello about their hip-hop track, Ramped Up. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. We're given more than instincts But to what end Does it help us think of others Does it help us be a friend We have unfinished business Our work is not done If there's original sin Then God's Was having a son